Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 48. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Brooke Frick. Brooke is the author of a devotional for moms releasing this fall called Hands Full, and she definitely has her hands full. She is a mama to five, including twins, all within a six and a half year spread there. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And she and her husband, Daryl, recently sold their home and moved into an RV to travel the country and see what God has for their family next. Brooke is a big believer in following God wherever he leads, even though she has a hard time letting go. Welcome, Brooke. You're in good company here. That is what the show is all about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so you guys are in the process right now. You're you're packing up your home. You're moving into an RV with five kids. Yes. Tell me a little bit about this. <laughs> Jesse, my husband, and I are like, we always kind of toy with the idea of like, what if we, you know, could be on the road? So you tell me, you have five kids. I want to hear this. Okay. Um, so it is something that we have always dreamed about doing. Um, I, I remember hearing about a family who did it and I was like, that is so cool. You know, they just drove around the country, they homeschooled their kids, wherever they wanted to go, they just stopped and, you know, checked it out. And, um, so yeah, so my husband had like a job transition change too. And so we kind of knew that meant like, we're going to downsize. And we were kind of like, man, this is a really good transitional season for us to just do it. And my oldest is 11. So they're still young enough where they, uh, it's not going to like interrupt their high school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then our youngest girls are four. And so we're kind of like, I feel like in a good age to do this. Um, so that encouraged me, but still it's one of those things that I'm like, I've always wanted to do this, but oh my gosh, how's this going to work? You know, like, yeah. What's it going to be like? And um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be really small space. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a new adventure and and we're excited and scared and all the things. <laughs> yeah, that is. Do you already have the RV? You've got. We do. Okay. So that's what's pretty cool is I've never had like my old home and my new home like side by side. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So um, it's parked on our back patio right now, which is kind of hilarious. But we just like move stuff. We're like, okay, I think we're going to need this in the RV. So I'm just like putting it out there and just so it's kind of like full of stuff. And I'm sure we're going to have to like downsize again once we get in it and are like, oh my gosh, why did I bring this here? Yeah. Um, So yeah, so thankfully we do have time to kind of move into it while we're moving out. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm excited to follow along and see photos of this and hear about this on Instagram. (laughs) It's (laughs) going to be awesome. It's probably going to be a lot of things, but... um, It is. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, So uh, in that vein, as far as like, um, you know, changing plans, things going big things, big moves... um, having ideas for our life and then sort of changing them and like, how, what does God want for our life? I want to chat today mm-hmm. a lot about um, holding things loosely. Um, even your book, Hands Full, like you've got mm-hmm. a lot of different things. You guys have um, adventures on your heart, different places you want to go, things you want to do. You have a surprise set of twins. I want to hear about this. <laughs> um, I want to just chat about uh, just holding things loosely with you, Brooke. Um, why don't you first tell us a little bit about... Um, any times in your life where you had plans or you thought this is the trajectory of my life, this is where my family is headed, this is where life is headed, and then things turned out differently? Because I think that's something we can all relate to in different ways, but I would love to hear your story and 
um, how things have maybe, how God's maybe surprised you when you thought things were headed one way? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Gosh, so many things, right? Like so many surprises in life that we never explained, like never planned for. Um, But even when I met my husband, we met on a short-term mission trip in in Los Angeles, actually. And um, I kind of thought we were going to be like missionaries or something together. And totally not. Like we ended up going into business and he was a small business owner for a while, for a while. And then I kind of thought, okay, well, this is what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. And then that changed again. And he was like, no, I really, I kind of want to do this ministry. And um, so then that's a transition that we've been through. And so it's kind of funny in a way that maybe like I thought out we were going to be missionaries and I don't know like we're going to be missionaries forever or what, in what form we're going to be. Um, but that's like a, a, a season that God's kind of bringing us back to, which is pretty cool. Um and twins. I mean, I, I, I know I can t- tell that story. <clears throat> I'm always so shocked when people are like, oh, I've always wanted twins. I was like, oh, really? That wasn't me. But yeah. um, but I can say, obviously, like God's plans are always way better than our plans. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. And the girls are amazing. They're four now. Um, but I but I never planned on twins, you know, so we had our three boys and I also never planned on having them kind of close together. Like I had my first son and then uh, 14 months later, we had our second son and I was like totally overwhelmed. That's like, a tight oh my turnaround. gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was a tight, tight, tight turnaround. I was like, oh my gosh, how, how, how did God think I was ready for a second child? You know, like I'm not. And, um, and so we made it kind of through that season with his help. Right. And, and then we took a little bit of a gap, like a break and, um, I was like much more careful, like, okay, we can't get pregnant yet. And then we had another son and that was great. And we kind of thought, okay, maybe three boys is a lot of energy, a lot of rambunctiousness and great. But we were like, maybe, you know, maybe we'll have one more, maybe not. And then we got pregnant um, a fourth time and we were like, okay, one more, like, that's good. You know, we're excited. And then we find out that it's twins and I was just totally blown away. I was by myself in the ultrasound room, you know, like, okay, fourth child, like my husband's going to stay home with the kids and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, we've done I'll this just before. Go. You've seen this. You don't need to come <laughs> yeah. with me. <laughs> right. right. And I came home and I was like, um, everything's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're having twins. I mean, it was just surreal. It did not feel like my life. Yeah. You know, it felt like. I was watching someone else's life and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, we are going to have to move to the country. What are we going to do? My children were, uh, let's see, I think, you know, like, so when you're actually pregnant, so when I found out that we were pregnant, I think my um, oldest had just turned six and then I had a four, almost five-year-old and then we had a two-year-old. Actually, he wasn't even two yet. He was still like 18 months and then we found out twins and I was like, how are we going to live? So... Uh, that was a huge thing. And a, a mentor in my life at the time, you know, she was like, Brooke, um, you did not plan on this for your life, but this was always God's plan for your life, mm-hmm. you know? And like, he's been there. He was here before it happened. He always knew he was giving you twins, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was so much comfort in just knowing that God knew that and that God went before me and he was already in it and he was in the future and this was part of his plan. And so while I didn't understand it and I didn't know how in the world we were going to make it, um, there was just comfort in knowing that he was there. And um, it was just such a like, it was a real, it was a time that God just really 
brought me to my knees in a new way of like new need for him. Like, God, this is way more than I thought I could handle. You know, we had a a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and then two girls. So we had three kids, two and under. Yeah. And um, my mom came and lived with us. Thank the Lord. Like she, she stayed with us for four months. She retired and she came and like, just helped us through that really hard season of newborn twins and a two-year-old. And, um, and it was, it was a, a gift from God. And then so many friends, our community rallied around us and brought us meals and yeah. um, watched kids. And <laughs> I got a house cleaner, you know, yes, all the smart things. thinking, smart <laughs> thinking. <laughs> yes. Would you say that that was a time in your life, like you say, you have a hard time letting go. And I think, I mean, I can relate to that just like my personality type, but I think, I do believe that as time has gone on, like in the older I get and the more different, the different experiences God puts in our lives, like... I know the truth. And even though it can be hard, like it's easier to like snap back into like resting in him and what he has Mm -hmm. for us. Was that a season of your life? Was that like one of the first times you felt like not out of control? I'm not, I don't know what you're, I don't mean you were out of control, but like the sense of like you, you just didn't, you didn't want it. Or were you like fighting God or did you feel, tell me a little bit how you were feeling about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that. I mean, I was probably fighting God at first for sure. Cause it was like, oh my gosh, why is this a good idea? You know, like how, how is this part of your plan? Um, but then yeah, just surrendering. And it is so hard to surrender. Like, like you're saying, like letting go. And it's so funny, like this, you know, podcast being about like that idea, because that is like the struggle I think of, of life and particularly my life. I like control. I like being, you know, like I like circumstances to be, like in control. I like clean environments and all this stuff, you know, and, um, and realizing that we never really had that control in the first place. And that was definitely one of those things. that's like, no matter how much you plan, no matter how much you prepare, like we are ultimately not in control. And I think, like you said, it gets easier over time in one way, because it's just like practice, you Mm -hmm. know, like, well, we're practicing, surrendering. And so we've done it before and we can see how God brought good in the situation and how his plans were ultimately better than ours. Um, and so it's practice. So it gets easier in one sense, but it gets, it's still hard because it's still new things, you know, it's like new ways of surrendering and it's like a constant surrender. And I mean, it, it feels like death. It feels like you're dying because really your idea of what you thought your life would look like is dying or your plans are dying and you like have to, to put them to death. But on the other side of death is resurrection. You know, like Jesus is that example of that, of like, okay, like it didn't, it did look pretty bleak when he was on the cross and not that, you know, I'm on the cross, but like, you know, there's, there's a bleak side of it. There's death. There's like no hope. And then yet when we just surrender and we let go of that, um, then there's like this new life that's not our life, but it's his life in us that can be lived out for his glory, you know? Yeah, no, that's so good. I, and maybe it's just my life, but I feel like as time goes on, he's sort of like up the ante, like they're different challenges, but they're like, oh, I don't know if you would have given me this one four years ago, but now, (laughs) oh, you think I'm in a place I can handle, you know, it's sort of funny. Exactly. Um, It's so true. So how do you do that practically on a day-to-day basis? Like how do you, approach what you have, your life, your plans? Like, how do you hold those things loosely? I know. I love practical things. Um, I really do. (laughs) But sometimes I feel like, is it like, it's just Jesus, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, um, 
you know, it's like, I want to, I want to like have this like step-by-step process if this how you do it. And, you know, like sometimes there are things, you know, and other times it's just like this, this surrendering realization. And I guess I can tell a story that kind of like hit it home a little bit more to me of, um, and I write this in the book and it was kind of where I got the, I guess, idea for the book, but I mean, really I, the, I, we can talk about that later, but you know, I got the comment a lot and still do of like, Hey, you've got your hands full, you know? And it kind of became like, yeah, I do. Like, this is my life. Um, but one time I was sitting with my girls in their room and they were like two and they, um, were playing with these little blocks and they started bringing them over to me so I could hold them in my hands. And pretty quickly, my hands got really full, like, and I couldn't hold these little blocks anymore. And I was like, oh, guys, like, I, can, I don't know if I can hold anymore. Um, but they kept bringing them anyways, you know, it's like, I don't think I can hold anymore. But so I, I kept not wanting to disappoint them. So I was like, I would flatten out my hands a little bit and like the blocks would like settle in and allow room for more. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of this crazy realization that God was like, you know, you have your little expectations and you have your hands cupped and they're full and you're like, I can't handle it anymore, God. Like there's no way. But it's like if we just like I feel like that's in the surrendering, like in the letting go of expectation of what we thought things would look like or they should look like, like this should not be so. Um and we just kind of like flatten out. It's almost like laying yourself down, you know, like just that surrendering of like, okay, God, I don't think I can handle this, but in your strength and your strength alone, you've given it to me. And so with you, I can, you know, and like just bringing that to him. So it's just, I guess in that daily surrender, when we feel like life's too much and it is too much, like to just lay it down and be like, this is too much. And, um, you know, I read something in a, um, what do you call it? Like a Bible, uh, commentary. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, the gospel's not a plan of improvement, but one of deliverance. And it's like, we're just delivered, you know, like Mm -hmm. we weren't meant to do this on our own. This is not possible in our own strength. It's only by Jesus, by God. And that's why he came because he knew we couldn't do it. So, um, I don't know if that's practical. (laughs) No, that's so good. I love that illustration because I totally agree. Like it's nice to have things to do or things to fall back on. Or maybe it's like a simple practice that when you feel yourself getting to a certain place, like, okay, I can recognize this and like take a deep breath, take a step back. But Uh at the end of the day, yes, it's, it's surrender. But like, how do we come to Uh that? How do we know that? I love that idea of like, Real, almost like relaxing, like yes. your yourself, your being to to what he has. Um, because I find personally that a lot of the time it's in the like the striving or the trying or the the forcing that like is really the the pressure that is unneeded mm-hmm. that makes you feel right. so horrible. And when you kind of relax and mm-hmm. let him do his work, it's just a little bit easier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. How do you, Brooke, like take your, so you guys, I mean, we can talk about Rwanda. Um, you have that coming up yeah. in your life. You're selling, you yeah. know, you're selling your home, the RV, like you have all these different plans. Like how do you take your hopes and dreams and desires and things that you and your husband, like I'm, I know, like you guys, we have like family meetings and like, how do we, you know, you have these dreams and like, how are we going to actually do these things? And like, how do you take those things in your life and then meld them together with that space of just allowing God to do what he's going to do. Um, whether that's 
a way you react toward him or a, a posture you have toward him? Like, what is what does that look like for you to combine those two worlds? I know. I think something that I'm learning more and more recently is like, I'm a child of God, right? Like, I'm his daughter. I live in his house. Like, like so anything that he gives me is meant for my good. And even though it's not always going to be good and it might not be exactly what I was thinking, like he's taking care of all of those needs. And so it's like, if I can just remember that, like remain in his love and that he loves me, that, that all those plans and hopes and dreams that I have, like that he's got good plans and good dreams and good hopes for me too. And some of those are the same, you know, but some of those are way better than I would have ever asked or even dreamed. And so um, I think just like coming to him with those plans, like in a real simple way, like a child, like, God, this is what I, what I want, you know, like, this is what I think is good, but also like, not my will, but yours be done. And knowing that like everything that he does for us is out of love, even discipline, even hard things, even loss, even grief, like can be things that are gifts, you know, to us. And we don't see it that way at the time, but, um, you know, they are. And I've learned so much in that, in the process of things changing, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I remember, um, this was just something that kind of hit me too, um, Hudson Taylor, you know, who is a missionary to China. Um, and he went through some extreme hardships. Um, but he was like kind of just famous for just preaching about abiding in Christ. And what does that mean to look like? Or what does that look like? And people asked him like, well, are you always so conscious of like abiding in Christ? Like, how can you always be conscious of that? And he said, um, you know, when I was at your house last night and I spent the night did I cease to be in your house because I wasn't conscious of the fact that I was in your house? And it's like, no, like you're just, he was just in the house, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't aware of it. And so it's like, I might not always be conscious. God, make me aware that I am in you. But even when I don't feel like I am, I am. Right. Like I can't, he can't take that away. Once you're a child, you're always a child. And so just trying to rest. And I've been thinking about that over time. And what does it look like to work from a place of rest? Um, And I think that's kind of what it is. It's like there is work that God calls us to do or asks us to do um, or tells us to do, but it's not out of a place of like, you, you know, you must do this or life's going to fail. Like, it's like a chance that we get to do that. And so working from that place of like, it's finished. The work has been done. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross. He rose to new life. Like, there's nothing I can do to add to that, but yet I can work in the middle of that too. You know, my imperfect work can be sharing about what his perfect work did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good reminder. That's so good. I love that about being in the house, whether or not you are aware of that. Um, So good. And it helps for like feelings we have of like, oh, I'm just not feeling it right now. Or like it helps us to Mm -hmm. pursue God, even when we don't feel like it Mm -hmm. or even if we can't pursue in that moment like know the truth that that we are his I like that a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, so why'd you guys decide to sell your big beautiful home and get into (laughs) an RV what was that all about (laughs) well yeah just the um the desire that we've always had to to drive around the country um when we moved out when we moved out to the country you know like the boonies. Um, we never lived in the country before. We didn't really know what that was going to be like. That was an adventure too. And so we did that and we, um, 
we're just kind of like, we'll see how this goes, you know, and it's been great and it's been a wonderful thing, but it does just feel like that season is ending. And then, like I said, with my husband leaving his job and kind of downsizing in that way, it's like, well, we, we really should, you know, find something cheaper. Um, but also like before we even do that, like we just didn't want to buy a house. We just didn't want to be tied to anything. So we just were like, we'll move and we'll go into this RV. Um, and then, We'll kind of see like what God has next. So it is a little bit crazy going into something like this and not knowing like where, you know, we, we think we're going to come back to Sacramento, California, um, but that's not a hundred percent either. And mm-hmm. um, so we're kind of just like, we're going to see where God goes. And, and then I, I guess with Rwanda, um, that's our prayer and our hope that we can go there next, um, like August, September. Of 2021. Um, yes. Of mm-hmm. 2021. Um, but obviously holding that plan loosely, like what's happening with COVID right now. And they're not really receiving many flights, if any. Um, I mean, hopefully that will change by then, but yeah. you know, who knows? we don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And so um, we would love to go there. So we just kind of, we didn't want to buy anything, you know, that's going to make it real hard to leave. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, a chance to see the United States of America, which we're excited to homeschool our kids um, you know, hopefully there'll be some opportunities to encourage some women and moms along the way, um, speaking in churches, visiting friends. We have family all across the United States. So we're really excited to just be able to see them. And yeah. Do you know where you're going first? Yeah, we're actually going to be headed down your way. We're going to go, um, kind of to like Fresno for a little bit and then down to Southern California. And we, we've already booked in January is when we're leaving. Okay. Um, we've already booked a RV campsite at Newport beach or something, which pretty, looks pretty amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're really excited about that. And so we're, we're moving at the end of this month. Sorry, not to get confusing. We're, we're moving, um, beginning of September, we'll be in an RV park near here where we live now in Sacramento area. And then, um, we might actually do like a little bit of a stay in Tahoe. We're kind of going to be a little bit vagabonds, but close by until yeah. we actually leave in January okay. to like go around the country. Yeah. That's going to be so fun. Um, Brooke, tell us a little bit about Rwanda. Why there? What do you guys have going on there with your ministry? Yeah. So my husband has been going there um, since like 2012, probably once a year. And he just fell in love with the people, with the story. Um, I'm sure you're like familiar. There was a huge genocide in 1994. Um, A million people were killed in a hundred days with machetes, which is unbelievable. And I can't even comprehend it. Um, it's so, it's like, how can that evil exist? But, but over the last 25 years, Rwanda has just become this like place of energy and new life and like that rebirth, you know, and it's just a really exciting, wonderful place. Um, but his heart also broke for that fatherless generation because, with the genocide, it wiped out pretty much a whole generation of, of parents. And some kids survived, you know, or were hidden and all that kind of thing. And so um, his heart just kept breaking for them. And so he like, and he loves it. He would live there forever, you know, I think. <laughs> and so um, I got the chance to go last August finally, because, you know, I just kept, we just kept having kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, I, I just can't go. Like I'm nursing or having a baby. Um, I can't leave them and travel around the world. But, um, thanks to family and friends, I got to go with him and kind of catch the vision. And, um, it's, it is a beautiful place with beautiful people. And so, um, we started a ministry 
And at the end of last year, it's still like really new and, you know, being kind of figured out, but it's, you know, basically a heart of mentoring the fatherless and mentoring young men and women um, that just, they want so much to do good, but they don't necessarily know how to do it, or Mm -hmm. they don't have parents or people in their life that are like showing them the way, you know? And so, um, so kind of a, a nonprofit based on mentoring and then even helping, um, nonprofits that are started by Rwandans in Rwanda for Rwanda, but don't have access to resources. And so being able to resource them through coaching, mentoring, you know, matching grants and things of that nature. And so, um, so we're really excited about it and, you know, still, like I said, figuring out what's that going to look like. Um, But so part of going there would be for us to just kind of get more of an understanding Mm long-term, you know, what is it like, you know, to just walk in daily life with these people and what are their real needs and stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, And the whole family would go with you. Yeah. Oh, so (laughs) awesome. That's, I love it. I love it. I know. I know. We're excited. I think the kids are excited too. I mean, they don't really know. They don't really get it totally, you know? Right. But yeah. An adventure in the life. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, Brooke, tell us a little bit more about your book, about Hands Full. Um, I love that image that you told us a little earlier about the blocks and kind of loosening, relaxing, um, even though you feel like you have too much or overwhelmed, like you can't take any more. Tell me a little bit more about your heart behind writing this devotional. Um, Maybe even some things that have just challenged you over the years of parenting five kids in such a short time span. Um, yeah. What, what was on your heart when you decided to do this? Well, it's kind of funny because um, I started writing it like in one of the busiest seasons I've ever been in in my life, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of like, why now? But I think, you know, chaos also inspires, right? Because it's like, you just get to that, like, okay, I cannot do this, God. Like, what are you teaching me through it? Like, and I don't know, there's an aspect that it does inspire. Um, but I, so I started Okay. Let me back up. Okay. So one time I was reading, um, in the parable of the talents in the Bible and, you know, there's the, um, guy who gets 10, five, and then one. And so often in my whole life, I felt like I'm the one with one talent, Mm. you know, um, that I didn't really receive as much as this person. So of course that person should be investing theirs in the kingdom of God and they should be writing books and they should be speaking because they've been given a lot. And I'm just this little one person over here and I just like dig a hole, you know? And I just felt God's calling like, hey, like I've called you to invest whatever amount that you've been given. You don't dig a hole, you know? Like it's an investment in the kingdom and you just give it back to me. And so I was really challenged by that of like, okay, I may not be the world's best writer or I might not be the wisest mom and I'm not perfect. So I let that like kind of hold me back from doing something because I'm like, well, I'm not perfect, but none of us Nobody are, is, yeah. right? <laughs> Nobody is. And so um, I just was like, okay, God, whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll write, I'll write for you. Even though I felt inadequate, I felt like not equipped, um, And so I started taking it more seriously and I went to writing conference, a Christian writers conference, which was great. And I met a publisher who wanted to look at what I had started writing. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? (laughs) And I sent it to them and I was like, no way that they're going to accept this. And then they did. And then I was like, oh my gosh, God, you really are in this. You really do want me to invest my one little talent. 
And so I started writing it out of obedience, really, I feel like to God, it was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time to like, be sitting and reflective on, you know, all this. So it's, it's really very much written from like, I'm in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And it was written over a period of like two years. So sometimes my girls are four and sometimes they're like two or nursing, you know, like, but it was just those lessons learned throughout those really hard years. And I did kind of want to write from the middle of it because it's a different kind of writing when you write from the middle of it. Um, maybe there's not as much wisdom, <laughs> but there's a lot of like, hey, I'm in this with you. And I, I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed. And I mean, we're constantly overwhelmed no matter what season we're in. I mean, maybe not constantly where there's reprieves, but um, life can throw all sorts of things at us. Um, so, yeah, I wrote it just kind of like out of obedience and like, okay, God, like, I don't know what you want to do with this. Um, but here I am. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, the best place we can be. Okay. So Brooke, tell us about some of those things that you have written about some of those challenges or lessons that you learned when you were in the thick of it from that place that you were writing from. Um, well, I, I told you the one kind of about just like flattening out, you know, those expectations that we have of ourselves, of our kids, of what motherhood would look like or should look like. And, um, I know another one that, um, maybe along that vein, but I remember the story of Gideon and I just love that story so much. And when God called Gideon, you know, he was so like, who me? I don't know this so much. And he put out all those fleeces and, you know, but God was so gracious with him and kept answering. And when God um, tells Gideon to go, he says, go in the strength you have and I will deliver you or deliver the Midianites into your hands, you know? And I think so, so many times I wait until I want to wait until I feel strong enough, you know, to go and to do something, but that God calls us to do something before we feel strong because it's not in our strength that it gets done. And so God gave, you know, Gideon the Holy Spirit, but it was like right before he went into battle, it wasn't like when he called him. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like God calls us when we feel inadequate and then he comes in because he knows that we can't do it on our own. And so um, I think that's with motherhood. You know, I constantly felt and still feel sometimes inadequate for the job before me, but God still calls me to do it anyway, every day. And he gives us the strength when we, we were like, we cannot do this on our own, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's such a good reminder. What do you, what is your biggest hope and encouragement for women who read Hands Full? What do you want them to walk away with? Well, um, definitely one of them is, you know, feeling um, less alone, right? Feeling like they're not the only one because I know motherhood can be so isolating um, from isolating literally when we're trapped in our houses because of nap times and <laughs> early bedtimes and, you know, all the different things that make it just harder to get out. Um, but it can be isolating too in a way of like, this isn't how I thought it would be. And this isn't, you know, um, I, I thought I would be better at it. <laughs> like I yeah. thought I would be, I thought it would be easy. I didn't think motherhood would be so hard um, because I always wanted to be a mom. That was always something I wanted. And so, you know, I thought I'd be good at it. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, we're, we're faulty, imperfect people. And so I'm not a perfect mom. Um, I'm a whole and forgiven one. You know, like that's what God has shown me through Jesus, through his sacrifice, through the gospel and believing that. And um, I'm not perfect, but I'm loved. And I hope that they feel that. I hope that they draw near to that truth that, you know, the gospel isn't an improvement plan, but a plan of deliverance. Yeah. And um, 
you know, God loves us, you know, when we're failing, when we think that we can't do it, when we're like barely making it, like he still loves us. And so I hope that they see that and they just are drawn into that love even deeper. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to get my hands on it. And it's funny because, I mean, I have one child right now and you have five and it's like, it doesn't matter. No. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like I have my hands full, you know, sometimes and it might not be more, more kids, but it's other stuff. And, um, I just, I'm excited to read it because I think that you are speaking such truth. And I think women that, regardless of how many kids they have or what stage mm-hmm. they, you know, they're at, that this is going to be something that kind of hits home with all of us. Yes, I hope so. I hope they, yeah. <laughs> they'll they see my uh, sin and my struggle in it, but my Savior's bigger. <laughs> yes, yes. Brooke, in that same vein, what do you feel that you have been set, that you have been set free from over the years? Yeah. Uh, I can think of so many things, you know, that like I'm being set free from, right? Because it's a process. Um, but gosh, like I want to be set free from the um, the idea that we need to perform, you know, like he's setting me free from that. I can't say fully right now that I'm free from that, but like the idea that I have to have it all together and, you know, that it all rests on my shoulders. Like I love when I can come to that place of like, this is not on me, you know, I want to be totally set free from that. And maybe that's a struggle I have for a long time. Um, But I think one thing I can look and see that I've been set free from, and it's what I was explaining with the parable of the talents is like, I was held captive so long by that, that idea that I needed to be perfect in order to like serve God or the idea that I, I needed to have more to be able to give him. And it's like, you know, the little boy who had two fish, um, you know, like he just came with what he had, what he had and God made that enough. And so I feel like I've been set free from like, just do it, you know, just give it to me. Just do what I've asked you to do, what I've called you to do, even when you feel like it's not enough and you're not good at it. (laughs) And so um, I feel like he's, I finally like, okay, God, like just, I will, I will obey, I will do it. And um, that's a really, really great feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, it's powerful. It's it's be a steward of what you have, of what I've yes. given you, what's right in front of you. And I've been convicted exactly. of that many times over the years. And I think it's, it is powerful when you realize like, sometimes we feel like it's like such a little thing, but when we start to actually act and like it is a big thing or steward it, you realize like it is so much bigger because he's working in it. And yes. um, I can relate to that. I think that's, um, it's, it's, it's a powerful reminder for all of us. Uh, Brooke, where can we follow along these RV adventures? Um, where are you on Instagram? Yeah, so I'm at Brooke Ellen Frick. So there's one E in there, B-R-O-O-K-E-L-L-E-N, and then F-R-I-C-K. Um, yeah, that's me on Instagram. I would love that. I you know have my website too, and that's just Brooke Frick without the Ellen. But yeah. So Instagram is a great place. It's going to be fun to um, to document the, the craziness. Yeah. And tell us when your book comes out. Oh, yes. It comes out September 8th. Um, it'll be available on Amazon and it'll be available on um, the publisher's website, which is crossrivermedia.com. Awesome. I'm excited to read um, how you have your hands full and I'm glad we got a glimpse of it today. And just thanks for sharing with us the things that God is currently teaching you and has taught you. And 
Um, I'm excited for you guys and excited to follow along all the adventures, whether they end up happening the way we, you guys have planned right. or or <laughs> right. something else along the way. But um, yeah. it's an encouragement just to hear from you how you're holding all those plans loosely. Yeah, well, thank you so much. It's seriously an honor to be here. And I'm just so grateful for the chance and just so grateful for what you do and encouraging us moms and women to, to be free. <laughs> Aww, thank you, Brooke. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 